and all, welcome to Too Young to Be This Old. I am your host, Ben, along with Andy, our other host as well today. Hello. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at Too Young to Be This Old and or on our website at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com. Uh, we do plan on getting the YouTube site coming soon. So this will be our first episode where we're going to have a repeating guest appearance today. Let me introduce now Austin. Hello. Again, maybe, if you've yes. listened to the previous one. Yes, if you've listened to previous podcasts, Austin. <laughs> Second guest up. ever and also <laughs> first repeat first guest. Repeat guest. <laughs> yes. But, yes. But hey, if you're picking it up now for the first time, I may be your first guest ever. So. Yeah. Uh, to the listener, I hope you enjoy. There you go. Austin joined us as we discussed how Hollywood needs to take more chances. Um, if you want to look back on that one, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Indeed, hopefully this one can be just as fun. Um, picking up on the segment we started last week, Andy. Uh, well, what have you done this week? And uh, in Austin's case, since the last time we spoke. We'll let our guests start us off. Sure, uh, it's been a it's been a couple of weeks uh, since the last time I I was on the show. Uh, so I've done a number of things. I, you know, been sort of working just on autopilot, and so I've had some shows on in the background. I've so I've made it all the way through Umbrella Academy, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, and I'm currently working my way through Star Trek Discovery and the latest season of The Orville. Nice. So was this your first time getting caught up on Game of Thrones? Or had you uh, watched previously? So, so I have a long uh, storied history, no pun intended. Uh, well, whatever. Fuck that. I will intend my puns. <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. Um, I have a long storied history with Game of Thrones. Uh, I read the first book when it first came out uh, because I had followed George R. R. Martin's work with the Wildcard series back in the day. So when his fantasy series came out, I was really excited about it. So I read the first book and I was like, oh my God, that was so good. And then I waited a while and the second book came out and I read all the way through the second book and I was like, oh my God. And then I waited for the third book and I waited and I waited and I waited <laughs> some more. And then the third book came out and I was like, finally. And I picked up the third book and I started reading it and I was like, damn it. I have no idea what's going on anymore. It's been like seven years since I read the second book. Uh, so when the show came on, I started watching and I kind of already knew what was going to happen in the first two seasons or so. And so I made it through season four and then, you know, life got busy and I had a hard time keeping up and whatever. So I just kind of let it go. But with the latest season coming out in April, you know, I knew everybody and their mom was going to be talking about this show. So I had to catch up. Okay. Well, I'm actually going through and uh, listening to the audiobooks for like about the fourth time right now. Nice. In the, in the same vein there. Yeah, There's I'm a lot of... behind because I'm like on season three. 
Yeah, Andy, you're never up to date <laughs> with anything, so we don't even ask these questions. You, you gotta, you gotta catch up, Andy. It's seriously, it's worth it. <laughs> Just for season six, like season How six, you was know so good. That winter is here if you don't watch Game I, of Thrones. I know. I know. Here in Georgia, it may be the only winter we get to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's true. So what? So what have you been up since our last recording, Andy? Oh God, it's been a it's been a real bad work week. So not too much exciting. Um, I did I did go on a tear of uh, of adding a lot of Nicolas Cage movies that I'd never seen to my Plex, and I decided to kind of like. Just, just close my eyes and and pick one. And I started Eight Millimeter, and that is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but well, your first clue was Nick Cage decided to be in them. So I, yeah, I didn't even <laughs> read the description to what this movie was about, and then, and then that movie got started. And wow, um, just look it up. I'm not going to get into yeah, the yeah. That movie of... certainly certainly goes in a direction, doesn't it? It it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> it sure sure fucking does but definitely threw me off just trying to like lay back and relax um and 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 then that but otherwise i was also watching i forgot to put this on the on the sheet but i just remembered um i've been watching valley of the boom um which is this really cool um nat geo um like a mini series about the dot-com boom uh in the early 90s and it's uh really awesome so if anybody's interested in in that cool stuff and uh i was too young to really understand what was going on at the time so it's really cool um learning about all that so that's been cool and then besides that playing the only game i ever have time to play or care to play and that is madden yeah so how about you you uh, (laughs) i can't tell you how many text messages i've gotten this week to be like hey play your madden game hey play you got it you got also by the way (laughs) waiting on you now andy um, oh, oh, shit! <laughs> Fire up that Madden while you're talking. <laughs> uh, well, for me, I played the absolute uh, piss out of some Anthem this past weekend. So I, I have not played Anthem, but I have heard people talking shit about it online we, all week. We will get to that. <laughs> That's like literally <laughs> the topic of this podcast. That is, yes, <laughs> literally, we'll get to that in just a few. So, I think the game is a lot of fun to play. I will talk about it more in depth a little bit later. After talking to Andy last week, he mentioned Alita Battle Angel to me. So, I went and saw that. And I thought it looked really good. There were some moments I thought I was watching the Ben Affleck version of Daredevil with how bad the dialogue was. (laughs) You enjoyed it more than you expected, though. I enjoyed it way more than I expected, but it just, there was a lot of pacing issue, in my opinion. Like, you spent a lot of times on stuff that really didn't matter, and then crammed stuff that should have had more room to breathe really close together. (laughs) Yeah, so, as, as somebody who read the manga and watched the anime, like, way back in the day, like, I... I can tell that they're trying to squeeze a lot of story in there in a way that is is honestly to the detriment of it. I mean, you know, when you think about the manga and how many volumes it is, like, you know, it's not the longest running manga out there, but still, you know, it there's a lot of story there and and they kind of like gave up on characterization in favor of 
like action and moving the story along. Yeah. My biggest thing was like, hey, this game called uh what is it? Motoball? Motorball? Motorball, yeah. Motorball. Motorball. Right? Hey, here's Motorball and it's going to be a huge part of this story. But we're not going to tell you anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it also wasn't, gonna... right? Austin, it's not in the um in the manga, right? No, you know, I had forgotten about <laughs> it, but I, I went back and I looked, and and no, mo- Motorball does play a, a pretty oh, it's big totally role in, there. in the manga. Yeah, no, it is. Okay. Um, okay, I remember when we were walking out, you were like, that Motorball stuff, that wasn't even that wasn't even there. Yeah, I did not <laughs> remember that at all. You know, granted, I, I read the yeah, manga yeah. like nearly 20 yeah. years ago, but... <laughs> but... Yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, I really enjoyed that, but we're going to go from like, oh, we have these Hunter Warriors, and we have Motorball, and we just have way too much stuff going on in this desolate world for me to keep up with right now. Let's pick one and go with it. Look, there's motors, there's balls, like I There's hunters, there's warriors. Yeah, look, just, it, it's it's simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh other than that, um uh, I have fallen down a deep dark hole of eye racing. Oh god. Now, Nobody so, knows what that is, so you should Okay, that. so iRacing is an actual driving simulator that um, is on PC that mimics actual driving physics on racetracks and is used by many race teams for driver development. Oh, so is it sort of like airplane simulator back in the day? Uh, yes. <laughs> Just. I- just way more serious. Yeah, it's way more serious. Like pretty much everybody, since it's a subscription-based thing, everyone playing is taking it seriously. You don't have people yelling "a la la jihad" left and right <laughs> like you do on some airplane simulators. But that's oh been my, my week. That's been my week. So. All right. So, since we've kind of already brushed this, our topic yeah. this evening is user review sites. Are they helping or hurting? So we'll start simple. What are user review sites? And I'll let Andy start this section. Hotornot.com. Right. Y- yeah, that's a uh, that's a valid one. Ratemyprofessor.com. Uh, <laughs> Ratemyprofessor. Rate yep, that's another one. But <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna keep it within the lines of uh, movies, TV shows, what, what? and games. Right. Well, we got to explain what they are first, not which ones right, right, are right. used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, to, uh, you know, either it helps or hurts, but they allow uh, people to give uh, their own opinions and reviews of uh, movies, shows, games. So I think Your a professors, lot of people are pretty... apparently. Your professors, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of people are pretty familiar, right, with, like, Rotten Tomatoes, and that's probably the one that gets thrown around the most when it comes to movies, right? Uh, games, there's a just a ridiculous amount. But... Any any website that talks about games has a rating system of some sort. Yeah, they all have a rating system, and then there's Metacritic, right? There's all, all that fun stuff. Um, does does Yahoo actually still do reviews? You can dig through Yahoo reviews still. You got to go kind of deep. But I completely forgot yeah. about this one when I was typing the outline Yelp uh, for businesses oh, yep. and stuff like that. Completely right, forgot right. about that one. I, I thought about it, but I actually, when I had mentioned the, the topic to Lana, she was like, oh, so you're going to talk about Yelp? And I was like, no. 
but, but yes. It's valid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess we are, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know how much more in-depth uh, to get. That, that, but, uh, that's all they, we needed. They allow that's you to go on there and, and yeah. write your opinion. But um, like we've seen a lot in this day and age uh, of internet and social media, being able to voice your opinion doesn't always translate into maybe you needing to voice your opinion. And, <laughs> and that's where these sites are starting to get a lot more notoriety that they probably don't want. Um, so some of the issues that are being faced right now, and we'll go into some of the issues and then some specific examples. The biggest issues is there are a lot of users that are just getting on there and they are blasting these content, uh, whatever it is, for reasons either unrelated to it, um, personal vendettas against it, but, you know, shouting their own beliefs from the rooftops that have no bearing on what is actually happening. Um, and the biggest reason I asked um, Andy to talk to you about this, Austin, was it was your post about Captain Marvel that got me thinking about this subject. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, there were four big incidences uh, in very recent, like within the last year that have happened. And I know there will be more we'll probably get into. Um, but we'll start with movies. So, me and Andy discussed this one when Venom came out and like, A Star is Born came out on the same weekend. Oh, yes. You that was a fun one. <laughs> Yes, you had all of these Lady Gaga fans going on and saying that you shouldn't go see Venom, you should go see A Star is Born. And there's no way they could have seen either of the movies yet. <laughs> right. Because two movies cannot be separately successful. Cor correct. And, uh, and hey, at this point, uh, <laughs> they might have been right, though, because uh, Venom didn't win any awards. Well, superhero <laughs> movies other than Black Panther don't win any awards. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about Venom is that, and I guess we'll probably get more into this later, but like, you know, I enjoyed it, but that doesn't mean it was a good movie. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> but let's just say if you're trying to review Venom, there's not many people that went and saw Venom that were also going to jump on A Star is Born. No, it's true. The demographics uh, yeah. not super overlap. Yeah. No, so, uh, not, not in most cases. Yeah, I think I said something to Andy that I was told I could never repeat in his house. Um, <laughs> and I said, all these little monsters just need to get the fuck over it. <laughs> and I was told I cannot defame the name of Lady Gaga in his apartment. I mean... That's reasonable. So to be fair, risk. To, to be fair that, that's about Lady Gaga fans, not Lady Gaga. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lady Gaga sure. seems like a very nice person since she took off her meat dress. I, I think <laughs> that uh, we're we're sort of entering an era where vocal minorities of rabid fans can really be just the worst part of any given intellectual property. I mean, you know, forget about A Star is Born, but... You know, look at uh, <clears throat> any number of the things that have that have happened recently, like Star Wars, for example. Uh, Star Wars, Last <laughs> oh, Jedi. Yeah. You had Black <laughs> Panther, Captain Marvel. Any movie that I don't want to say is breaking grounds in what they're doing, 
but mm-hmm. isn't being presented in the average way is causing right. issues. I mean, so remember when they move... rebooted Ghostbusters like that? The all female. That, okay, yeah. so so this is one thing that I think our audience is going to have to understand. I thought the new Ghostbusters was awful, but not because it was a four woman cast, because I just thought it was awful. Right. And it's same thing we just said about Venom. Venom wasn't a fantastic movie, yeah. but there's no reason it should have gotten blasted for not being a star is born. Right. But I mean, immediately got trashed before it had even come out, before either one had come out. Right. It was just flooded um, with talk, bad reviews. Yeah. Austin, talk a little bit more about the issues with Star Wars, because I, I, my issue was I thought The Last Jedi wasn't that great from a storytelling standpoint, but I didn't really look into the reviews or anything. Sure. I mean, you know, that that was just a, a it was a cluster all around and a lot of people on the right side of the political spectrum uh feel as though the last Jedi is sort of shoving quote unquote diversity or political correctness down their throats and it's you know ruining the franchise and uh to the point where the the fans of the series like harassed a number of the cast members like on on twitter and on the internet so badly that they had to like leave twitter altogether because they were just being spewed so much hate and and just awfulness and like well welcome it, to the internet where I know. <laughs> you can be awful to anybody behind your keyboard i know right and like the worst part is you know those actors didn't have any control over it like they yeah exactly the, made that, the decision to put their that's always the that part movie. that just drives me crazy right it's like these these people had nothing to do with it right they're not they're not the ones making the creative decisions. They're not writing the yeah. script. So just leave them alone. Yeah. Leave, leave Brittany alone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, like I, I, so let me just make sure I get this right. People were, were bashing the movie because they had a diverse cast just because it had a diverse cast. Not because it completely shit on everything you knew about Star Wars. Right. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, reviews about Brett's gonna hate this episode. Reviews about the Last <laughs> Jedi when it came out, you know, a, a lot of them did focus on, you know, the storytelling aspects or you know what they ex- expected of the franchise or or what have you. And I, I have a lot to say about that, but maybe another time. Um, <clears throat> but there was a strong contingent even before the film came out again, which is why it's applicable to to what we're talking about here that just did not like the fact that they felt as though the franchise was being taken in a direction that, that had a political agenda or political motive. And personally, I, I disagree with that. I don't, Think that that's accurate at all but these people were so upset that they they literally drove at least one of the actresses off of twitter just because they she was asian and they hated her uh of course i'm talking oh, are about, we talking about rose yeah rosemary tran uh 
they just hated the fact that she was in the movie at all. I didn't hate the fact she was in the movie. I didn't understand why she was in just from a yeah. storytelling standpoint, like the the character was not very strongly introduced, but there's no reason to get mad about that before the movie comes out. There's no reason to get mad at somebody just for being in a movie, or like even if for whatever reason you don't like the fact that Rosemary Tran was in that movie, like leave her alone she didn't have anything to do with it like, yeah, it's not, yeah it's exactly not her fault the director <laughs> it's not her fault that the directors and the editors made her part seem pointless now she you just know, wanted I, to get a paycheck like everybody else i i don't want to come across as though i'm encouraging people to instead harass directors and casting right <laughs> don't harass them no, either no, you harass the people who make the problem go straight to disney on this one straight to the top Pick it get outside that mouse's of face. The, the point the point being is <laughs> you do give not Disney yell anything. at the people who make the film. Like you can go online and complain about the film all you want, but I think it really crosses a line when it starts to become like a personal thing, and you start yeah. making threats and you know using hate speech against these people on the internet. Like oh right, th- yeah. there's just yeah, no, no call for that. Unacceptable. Yeah, that's completely unacceptable. Yeah, and just I mean, know it's something it, we've seen. Go ahead, sorry, Ben. I was going to say, if anybody wants to hate speak about this podcast, I catch them outside. They get these hands. <laughs> we I'm so glad I let you finish that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, and that's and that to me is the biggest one of the biggest things. Like we're talking about here is everyone can say whatever they want behind a keyboard because they feel like they have the right to, and there's no consequences for those actions. You right. know, back in the day, I can remember, I can remember like even when I was in school before social media was big. Even though this was only you know ten fifteen years ago, one of those things where you'd have these people talking mad stuff about like somebody running their mouth about you. Now they'll do it on social media, and when you meet them in person, they want to back down from it. Before, hey, so and so is talking crap. Well, yeah, they talk crap about me. Say it to my face or get smacked. Which one do you want? <laughs> Posting that mad beef on their GeoCities website, right? Exactly, and then you're just like, "Oh, really? That's you, the way you, you feel about me?" All over these Neopets message you got, boards. Gotta, gotta pause their auto. I saw what you said on ICQ. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah. So, uh, the, like I said, the newest one we have Captain Marvel coming out, and is it next week? Next week, yes. Yeah, next oh, week. We've got yeah, we've got Captain Marvel coming out next week, and all you see right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Or, well, I should say all you saw on Rotten Tomatoes was right. people saying that they weren't going to go see this movie because it's pandering to feminism because it has a, ma- a, a female role, a female lead, this, that, and the other, and giving it horrible reviews to the point where Rotten Tomatoes has now changed their policy. They're not allowing people to comment or review a movie till after it releases. What really kills me about this, so... You know, I grew up reading comics, like, you know, in the late 80s through the 90s through the 2000s, uh, and I kind of fell away from it after that. But, um, you know, like Ms. Marvel uh, would sometimes appear in the comics that I would read, and even Captain Marvel from time to time. And those are, in fact, sort of different characters. Yeah, it's uh, Captain Mar- Marvel and Marvel. N- n- so... It's it's complicated, and I'll, I'll yeah. lay it out for you since yeah. 
you know, this is part of what we're talking about here. But yeah. uh, but basically, the original Captain Marvel was it was a dude named Marvel. Okay. And that was that was the original Captain Marvel. And you know oh, you know in right. comics how like the you know it's pretty common for for the the mantle or or the name of a particular character to be uh, carried by multiple characters over the course yeah. of its run. You yeah. know like you know like Captain America has Captain been America, yeah, multiple been people. Batman. Batman. Yeah, Batman has been multiple people. Um, yep. Even even freaking Thor and Thor oh, is yeah. his actual name. Thor has yeah. been multiple people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, usually when you have those those characters, basically like some other person steps in to be that character for a while and then it resort result resorts back to the original holder who would be, you know, Steve Rogers or Thor Odinson or, or whatever. Um, however, that is not the case for Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is not a specific character, but rather a title that is successively passed sort of along, uh, so, sort of more akin to like Green Lantern. You know, like Green Lantern is more like a like a like a title, you know, like you've got a number of people who are playing uh, the, the Green Lantern in the comics. You know, you've right. even got like Guy Gardner, who is totally ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> so Captain Marvel is a lot like that. And Marvel only held the role until, if I remember correctly, I, you know, I don't like have the notes here in front of me, but if I remember correctly, um, he held that role up until 1982. And 1982 was when it first changed hands, and it changed hands at that point to a woman. And then sometime after that, later in the 80s, I want to say, it changed back to a man. And then in the early 90s, it changed back to a woman, a different woman. And then uh, in the later, in the aughts, it changed back to a guy and then change back again to a woman. Yeah. So, so, so basically so, what I'm so, yeah. Yeah. my <laughs> understanding from from what I have read following along with how they've done the MCU, this is Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel and Marvel is, is is the reason she becomes Captain Marvel. I don't I don't know what they're going to do for the MCU. Well, but, that but that is, is what they're going to do. That's the synopsis right now. I, I, I was stating fact, not... <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, no, no. I uh, mean, uh, yeah. I, I knew as far as, yeah. as this was definitely Carol Danvers. Yeah, they they mention how she gets her powers, which means Marvell is brought in because it does mention the Kree as well in this okay. role. So it, cool. it's all that. Cool. Um, well, that's... That's good to know. But but what that brings me to is the point is that over the years, Captain Marvel has been men and women like successively. And there is no single it's it's not like it's ever reverted back to Marvel, you know. Right. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of people out there who are like Captain Marvel is a man and they made him a woman for this movie and they're feminizing men with their feminist agenda 
and and these are real people and i i ran into these people <laughs> on the internet and that that was what inspired my post about it and what's amazing to me is that none of these people read comics and like they so, are right. so Why? upset yeah. so so here's the, i'm gonna play devil's advocate on that one since it's been a man or a woman why did they choose the woman form when that was not the original form um, so Carol Danvers has a long history uh, in the Marvel Universe. So before she became Captain Marvel, she had a separate role as Ms. Marvel, which is is a different thing. Um, so as a result, she, she has a lot more uh, history and attachments in the Marvel Universe than, than the other... Uh, Captain Marvels have had historically, so she really does make for a, a, a sort of richer character to bring into the right. MCU. Right, so there's more they okay. can do story wise with that, and that makes a lot of yeah. sense actually because I yeah, didn't know see, that either. See, so yeah, exactly, I didn't know that. That makes more sense. I was just playing devil advocate for these people that are screaming they're feminizing it, but if there's there's legit reasons that makes it makes our argument that much weaker. Yeah, um, no, there there is literally no reason, and and like I said, the worst part is that they just don't read the comics. And despite not reading the comics, they are just super upset. Right. And I I will say this, because we've got... When you talk about this, you get really close to those political issues and, and that fence riding. I will say I saw the newest run of Marvel Comics as a complete attempt to ride... Um, the diversity wave, but that was because those comics were written so terribly. <laughs> They're just like, you should like this comic because Iron Man's a woman now. No, you have to give me a reason why I'm supposed to like them. And and that to me, with comics being one of my favorite mediums of uh, entertainment kind of thing to look at is, I will enjoy whatever you put in front of me as long as you give me a reason to enjoy it. I don't like things just because somebody tells me I should like. Sure, and there's you know With, uh, entirely the possibility that you are not the audience for those things. Exactly. You know, and there's um, nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be the audience no. for everything. Exactly. Exactly, and that's the way it should be. Um, this backlash on Captain Marvel got so bad. Like I said earlier, um, Rotten Tomato removed the ability for people to rate stuff ahead of time. I know I'll probably mention this later because that was one of my closing thoughts and I actually read about um, Rotten Tomatoes doing this after the fact. But that's that's completely what needed to be done in this case because there's no reason to try to kill something in the water before it comes out. And that's all these people were doing. Oh yeah, the, exactly. Agreed. So. I I almost don't know why they had it open before, but <laughs> well, because you, know, as as you you hope that people are going to be good human beings, and then right, and then right. They, they're not. Um, yeah. But talking about let's kind of flip the script here because we've talked about how user reviews are terrible for movies. Right. Let's flip that script here with um, the Transformers franchise, which oh, actual yeah. critics hate, but it made money hand over fist. <laughs> and some of the earlier ones got some some positive reviews basically saying this is a good movie go see it it's going to be fun don't expect an oscar winner 
Right. And that's where, like, I think even, right, when we talked last time with Austin, right, we talked a lot about how there's a lot of times where critics just just trash all over a movie and uh, a lot of users, right, just regular people end up loving the movie. And we see that more and more, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that as you mentioned, that's something I said in that earlier episode, because it, it really is becoming more and more of a problem as time goes on, which is that, you know, the, the things that critics are looking for in a film are different from the things that your average moviegoer is looking for. And, and that's an issue. Indeed. Um, and and, I'll, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll get to more on that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and like we were, we were talking earlier when I mentioned Anthem, it's also running entirely rampant across the video game spectrum as well. Um, so to get a little bit more in-depth about Anthem, it is a loot shooter that has been brought out by EA, which... The game is made by EA. So strike one. All, strike one, yeah. People already hate it just because it's made by EA. Yep. I don't blame them. Uh, <laughs> at least EA didn't fire 800 people yet. <laughs> well, that's true. Ouch. Um, it was made by Bioware as a multiplayer game. There's your strike two. And... Um, I don't really have a strike three because those two things against it have been enough to get the internet in an uproar. Well, I think the other the other thing that's that's worked against it is the same thing that works against a lot of games is it's been uh, nonstop touted as like the Destiny killer, right? I have Where... never heard Destiny killer be mentioned. <laughs> oh, I've heard it. I have hard. heard I have heard it being EA's version of Destiny. Yeah, yeah. So not EA's a Destiny, Destiny killer, better but Destiny. EA's Destiny. I've, death, yeah. I, I you you're on Reddit way too much. You just need to hop off Reddit. <laughs> I, I, just as pump, pump I the brakes there. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. Me and Andy made a comment. We were talking about this earlier. He he said I was salty about something and asked me why I don't get on Reddit. And I was like, I can mine salt on my own. I don't need to go to the salt mine to get it. <laughs> because everything I hear on Reddit is a horrible, horrible, just everybody's angry at everything. And I can get angry at things on my own. I don't need other people's help. To be um, fair, that that's the whole internet these days. It, re- it really <laughs> is. And it's, it's becoming a problem. Um, so from my impressions of Anthem and as I mean, I know we did an episode on video games that I sounded like I, I hated talking about video games. I just hate hated talking about them in that aspect. I love to play games they are a great escape. Anthem was everything I wanted it to be. I got to fly around in a basically be Iron Man with a mortar launcher and rocket launchers and fire and mini guns and grenade launchers. I did beat the story in a weekend, which I felt was fairly short, but with a loot shooter, once you beat the story, that's when the game starts. Because now it's all about getting that end game gear. So I guess Strike 3 could be, you get to end game, and there's not a lot of content out right now, but if you've been paying attention to gaming for the past eight years, games are not just a release on one disc and call it a day. Games right, are it's about like it's yeah, about dragging games it service, out. They have the whole platform right, and they want to. They're going to continuously release things to keep you giving you a reason to go back to it, right? Whether it's new raids, new you know what, whatever it is, an anthem, it, right? But it, yeah, whatever it's going to be, we don't know exactly yet. Yeah. But 
to me, I think that's other issue is the industry is changing and there's so many people that don't, <clears throat> that don't want to change. So with them not wanting to make that change, there's games that come out and just get blasted in the beginning. Um, a lot of people were comparing Anthem to Fallout 76. Oh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, I, well, How? I've played I've played both, and I'll be honest, Fallout 76 just felt boring to me. Right. Uh, um, because I think I talked I, I've talked to you about it before. Yeah. The world feels way too barren in Fallout 76 for me to care about. It. Um, right. it just doesn't draw me in. It doesn't bring me in. Um, I do see that they're trying to make changes to try to salvage the game. We'll see if that happens. Oh man. Yeah. But you know, you had all these people coming out and even when it came out, I, I defended it because a lot of the complaints when it first came out is, Oh, it's not a Bethesda game. It doesn't have a good single player story. They right. never I once mean, this said one got... it was going to be a yeah, single player but... story. They always said it's going to be an online multiplayer and everybody goes like, oh, well, we want to play with our friends, but we want to play the single-player campaign with our friends. <laughs> uh, right. Take your pick. You you can't quite have both. Right. I think they could have done better than what we got out of Fallout 76. But, oh, yeah. Like, I really wish, kind of to what Austin said, people getting angry on the internet, I wish people would get quit getting angry about stuff the game never advertised itself as. Anthem never advertised itself as the next Mass Effect or the next Dragon Age. People put that idea out there. Speaking of Mass Effect, man, I I have some things to say about that game, but uh, <laughs> no, no, go ahead because <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm rolling into Mass Effect after this. So I feel so. There was a lot of feedback or a lot of uh, criticism, I guess, after Mass Effect Three came out. Right, y- y'all remember that. Oh, yeah, it was awful. I mean, the ending oh, of that yeah. game was awful. Yeah, but. so so the the thing is, as somebody who played one a number of times and played two a number of times, and then when three came out, played three a number of times, when three came out and it ended the way that it ended, not to give any spoilers or whatever, I was not upset because I I, okay. expect, I expected it. Because basically, like, what they were doing, storytelling-wise, is they just kept putting off the satisfaction. You know, like, in in the first game, it's sort of like, oh, look at this. Like, these things happened. You could choose these different paths. And, like, we're setting up this big thing. And, like, just, just wait. It's going to be real cool. And then the second one came out, and they were like, yeah, look, like, you have these different paths, and you can, you know, like, you can load your old save from the first game, and there's even more different paths, and characters, you know, die or don't die or whatever, and, you know, that's real cool, but just wait. Just wait until that third one. It's going to be awesome. And, like, after the second one came out and they were like, just wait until that third one. I was like, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. What color do you want this game to end in? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, it, the- and to be fair, I think anybody with common sense knew that's how it was going to be. Because when you have a group of people writing the story, the story has got to have a beginning end, ending and uh, beginning, middle and ending. And it has to all end one way the game to be able to close so all these decisions you made are going to boil down into what color do you want 
And I think that was the reason people got upset about Mass Effect 3. Yeah, but I mean, really, if I, I feel if they had been paying attention in 1 and 2, they would have realized that that was going to be yeah. what it was going to be. Your ending of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 was all predetermined. The only thing that changed between any of them was the decisions you made from point A to point B. Because if you look back, your decisions you made throughout that game really didn't affect the end of the game. Because you still fought the final boss at the end of the game, regardless of the decisions you made earlier in the game. Yeah, one one of my favorite games that features multiple paths is uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the first one. Uh, have either of you played that game? Yes. I yes. I yeah. loved the crap out of that game. Uh, and in, in, in it's funny that we're continuing to talk about these Bioware games with Anthem here. <laughs> Is everybody expected Anthem to have these levels of stories? Anthem never once advertised itself as a space opera. It's unapologetically been like, like Andy said, it's EA's version of Destiny, and if you've played Destiny, you're not playing Destiny for that story. You're you're playing it for the Grimoire cards. Yeah, you're you're, <laughs> you're playing it for the cubes and the orbs that drop that have loot that let you shoot and kill things faster. That's you're, why you're playing games like Destiny. You're, That's why you're, you're playing, playing games it, like Diablo. You're playing it for the incremental satisfaction of achieving yeah. small goals. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're not expecting story. You're not no. expecting this amazing story. So no, I feel no. like with a lot not saying Anthem's a perfect game, there are issues I ha- like there are issues I see with the game for me since I got to in-game content so quick. I don't have a whole lot to do that's not super grindy, which I'm still right. going to grind and do. Yeah. But I would rather there be have been something a little bit more fulfilling at the end. And um, this is the, the same thing that people ran into, right, very quickly with Destiny um, and a lot of games like this, right, is that they, they come out with as much content as they can, right, to start, and it's usually not enough because somebody's going to, you know, yeah, blast through the, the first chunk of the game get to end game and be like wait where's all the other stuff and you kind of get stuck waiting right yeah I mean it, it happens all the time you see yeah. it in these you see it in MMOs I mean you see it oh, all yeah. the time this this isn't an uncommon thing to happen it's just one of those things where I'm for me personally with all these user reviews and everybody's being able to voice their opinion I'm tired of seeing people expect something different out of the same thing it's like the definition of insanity to me. <laughs> like oh EA's releasing this new game what do you mean I've got to buy DLC bro <laughs> this has been going on for 15 years right, stop exactly. expecting something different um, or a game like Apex comes out EA makes it and people are like oh it's just going to be a money grab of course it is. It's a free game. They want you to buy loot boxes. They want you to buy skins. But you're going to yeah. play it, and they're going to advertise in it, and they're going to make money off of it. M- most companies aren't putting out a, a game to not make money, right? Yeah, so. yeah. They, they put out <laughs> games to not make money. That's exactly, that's exactly what we do. Right. Yeah. But I just, uh, it, it, it baffles me how much hate has come out for all these different products. Um, But if you sat back and... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. um, Ultimately, I think it comes out of entitlement uh, and a feeling of of ownership. Um, And I think that that's 
uh, fostered in a lot of ways by either a uh, continuing series uh, because the more you know games you play or the more movies you see in a given series, the more sort of feeling of of ownership that you have over that series. Um, and then similarly, also the uh, promotion process where the trailers or the promotional materials or whatever lead people to have certain expectations and then they want those expectations to be filled. Yeah, I mean, I think the entitlement, the, the way you phrased it when you started that was, was so very true. We live in a world right now where your opinion gets out there, you immediately get feedback on it. And you feel like because you said it, that's the way it has to be. That's the way it needs to be. And that people need to listen to your every whim. And newsflash, for a lot of kids that are either in school or in college right now, the world does not give a fuck about your feelings. Zero. True. Zero percent care about your feelings. Whereas we have a bunch of people nowadays that oh it, this makes me feel bad it's wrong no sometimes it makes you feel bad because you haven't been told how to cope with things and learning how to cope is something you do as an adult and jesus christ this tangent went completely off the rail but it's still <laughs> in the ballpark here yeah um, i uh i, but I these... ran into a guy on facebook the other day where he was uh, basically laboring under uh, several misapprehensions about the about what privilege is like the, the, oh, the yeah. social concept of privilege and he accused me of not respecting him and i was like dude i don't i don't know you i don't i don't have to respect you you're just some guy like what what makes you think that, <laughs> that like you come in you say wrong things about privilege and act like you know what it is when you actually don't and i'm supposed to like respect you even though i don't know you or have any reason to and i feel like that's indicative of a lot of a lot of people online these days it's like it, they, it's not just online it's everywhere well that's <laughs> that's oh, a good yeah. point <laughs> <laughs> Just see it a lot online, right? Because everybody's a lot more uh, People open are, behind their keyboards, yeah, right? Because so. they know behind their keyboard I will not smack them in the face. You get real tough. <laughs> I mean, the same thing, honestly, you see the same thing happen like um, in like a big company in a work environment. There are people who are like are just will freaking go off on an email. Austin, I'm sure you've seen this um, working at like a larger company. Like there's people who will be so tough on email and on uh, meetings and then you meet them in person and they are like the super nice, really quiet, (laughs) like just chill person. And you're like, wow, all right, bro. I mean, (laughs) for me as a sports fan, there's a lot of people who talk a lot of mad stuff about Carolina Panthers when they're on a keyboard. <laughs> oh yeah. They won't say they won't say nothing about them to my face. <laughs> won't say one bad word about them to my face. <laughs> them Dodgers fans at Turner Field learned my opinion oh on the God. LA Dodgers that day. <clears throat> they, they they sure did. <laughs> they sure and, did. Andy thought he was gonna have to stop me from fighting through people that day. Caitlin was trying to stop you. <laughs> Everybody was trying to stop me. The only person not trying to stop me was me. Um, but uh, 
just because I feel like we're getting close to where we're going to be able to just talk about what we want to talk about. We'll just get to kind of wrapping up our thoughts here on the subject so that we can continue the conversation. And for me, I've kind of said this statement once already. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, but not everybody cares to see it. Um, I think these sites can be helpful if you're trying to, you know, broad stroke research. Um, like, hey, do I want to go see this movie? Let me see what the critics say. Let me see what a couple of the fans have to say about it. Right, because movies ain't cheap. Exactly. I'm, you know, it's not just a ten dollar ticket. It's a ten dollar ticket if I want popcorn drink. You know, that's another fifteen bucks. And then yep. it's also two to three hours of my day that I'm taking up. Do I really want to go spend that time going to see a movie I may not enjoy? Oh yeah. Or do exactly. I want to spend that sixty dollars on a game that I may not like? Uh, or any anything like that? Do I want to watch this TV show, which everybody says is great, but is actually awful? <laughs> the office. God, uh, yeah, don't uh, even. Um, uh, but the fact that they're using these sites as a weapon to discredit stuff before it comes out, or you know, because you're taking the livelihood, like kind of like what Austin said about these actors. Those actors may not be willing to take a role that might put them in this position again because of the hate that was lashed out against them. So you're taking people's livelihood out of their own hands out of spite and and not even, you know, trying to understand what the project, what the movie, what the game actually is. So for me, I really love what Rotten Tomatoes did and is removing the review and comment section until a movie comes out. I really think that that's something that needs to be put in place across the board or have a proof of purchase, or show that you've actually seen the movie. Maybe start writing a book report or a synopsis on the movie before you can <laughs> review it, just so that it's not these you things. You have to take a you... take a quiz before you uh, before you can review it. it ex- <laughs> I mean, as dumb as it sounds, but yes. <laughs> so that way, that these people that want to to be really hateful have to show that they at least saw it. If it doesn't change their mind, it doesn't change their mind but they're at least proving that they tried. Right. And I'm um, sure, you know, whatever restrictions they would put in, right. People would find ways to freaking fake it or do whatever. But I think you would have less of the, you know, haha trolls. I'm just going to go in and, and bash this site because I know like if, women. Exactly. Cause if you make them put in work 90% of the times, so they're not going to do it. That's when no. they live at home in their mom's basement. <laughs> well, l- let me, let me weigh in briefly. <laughs> Um, so the, the idea that people need to like take a quiz or like some shit like that before they, you know, review a movie or whatever, like it really is not a new concept, right? Like this, this is sort of like the, the fundamental struggle of democracy is the idea, at least during the founding of our country, the idea as to whether all of the people really deserved to have a vote. Um, And there was a lot of talk about, you know, free voting versus representative democracy, uh, where essentially, like, you know, you have uh, only specific people who are designated to uh, vote, you know, who are well-educated versus an open vote. And, you know, what we have today is some weird 
combination of those things where we have like delegates who like aren't necessarily like required to vote according to the way that their you know districts vote but usually do anyway because of reasons and it depends on their state some of them are required some of them aren't required right but but anyway so this is this is the same kind of issue it's a fundamental question about whether people can be trusted to make decisions and uh the internet is is doing its best to make it clear that they cannot yeah it's making yeah. it very obvious yeah it's, it's making it very it, 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 and it's really a catch-22 because you would like for everybody's opinion to matter but i think the biggest issue is is your opinion is going to be based on your life experiences you can't have somebody who's only lived in a city tell somebody <clears throat> tell somebody who lives on a farm how to run their life because the philosophies don't match but what the internet has done now is assume that everybody lives in the same bubble and that every in these people are like you're not in my bubble you're wrong let me hate you for no other reason than you're not in my bubble it's true yeah and i think we get a lot of that with social media right like we most of us probably end up living in a bit in our bubble right because we're probably oh. friends with a lot of people that have the same same kind of viewpoints or similar so oh yeah andy me and you have had this we have, that we discussion have totally different multiple, worlds yeah multiple times yeah, oh our, yeah our our two bubbles are very different what we see very very, very different but, but i don't, I don't hate you for social bubble. media and google and everything right they show you what they already know you want to see um so a lot of times it's really hard for some people to see something outside of their perspective and and then when you challenge it they just get angry and I do like to challenge. <laughs> and I think Austin's Austin's seen a lot of that on his Facebook too. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, get on Austin's Facebook sometimes with popcorn and just watch what's <laughs> going on in the day. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those people who, for whatever reason, I don't really know what it is. People just love to comment on my posts, and not just comment on my dude, posts. They really do. But they but respond to other people's comments on my posts. <laughs> oh yeah, if you, if you need something to do, go on. <laughs> yeah, it, so it is not uncommon for arguments to break out and discussions and and all kinds of things. And for the most part, I I just you know do what Ben does and just sit there with popcorn. Um, yeah, you kind of you kind of make your status and then like tiptoe out of the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, just, you're like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if things get like really out of control, like I'll stay yeah. but like, you know, for the most part, I believe in free discourse and I, I think it's good that people exchange information and I, I like watching people interact with other people who may not be in their immediate circle, you know, um, but uh, what a sort of segueing from there into uh, reviews so as somebody such as myself who makes these posts and people comment on them um, I I feel like to an extent that is kind of representative of where we should be going in the future in terms of, of reviews um, 
this is something that's been talked about for a long time. It's been anticipated uh, by people who study and, and think about such things. Uh, I, uh, I went to school for uh, journalism and so of course it was something we were considering and talking about is you know how do you report on things that are fundamentally opinion based and the the issue with these sites that are aggregators is that you have a whole bunch of people that aren't that don't have the same taste as you you know like what's the guarantee that any given two people are going to watch the same movie and have the same feelings about it you know it relatively slim uh unless the rocks then, then everybody loves it <laughs> exactly so but but so to to sort of combat that uh what we really need to do is start developing uh sort of like like tastemakers or uh gatekeepers if you will who filter all of this media and this data and and all of this stuff and make these decisions and make reviews and you're gonna have to sort of like find somebody who shares a similar perspective with you so that you know that this person is reliable and gives reliable reviews that you personally will find relevant as opposed to you know, 89% of people who saw this movie liked it. Like, you know, what if you're in the 11%? Like, you know, that that doesn't tell you anything. So I, I feel that like you're that's... wrong. <laughs> so I, you know, you can be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I but... think that's a great point, Austin. I'm like just finding, right, somebody that you trust and checking out their reviews more than just looking at well oh only 75 percent of people liked it screw this movie <laughs> right right well that's like what you see with anthem right now i think it's aggregate scores like a 65 yeah. or something like that yeah let me tell you if over half the people like something it's probably a pretty good pretty good <laughs> yeah. something especially because when you getting... think about the numbers that are going into that 65 percent yeah. like <laughs> exactly but like you said, though, I guarantee you, though, um, like you're gonna find your website you go to that is your jam that you, yeah that lines with you, and you're gonna listen to that site regardless of what's said. Right, um, right, exactly. And I mean, like I have a, I have a site like that, right, that I trust for for reviews, and and that's kind of the only place I ever look at at uh, game reviews, at least, is there. And and there's a few like movie reviews I trust, but generally, I, I don't I don't dig too much into reviews just because of all the problems we've mentioned. Right, I, so I, I don't it, I don't trust reviews at all. Yeah, so much of it just gets <sighs> bad information gets thrown in. People who just want to shit on the the product get in, or or then you have the you know the problem. And I know you saw this a lot working at a retail game establishment. Oh um, my god, where. Yeah. People have the one person they trust, right, to give them game reviews, whoever that YouTube person or, you know, Twitter person or whatever they are is. And just, and like, that person can say one bad thing about the game, right? And then that's it. All you're going to hear all week is uh, is people talking about, well, you know, XYZ on YouTube hates the game, so this game is shit. I'm going to go review it. It's crap. Bomb it. Yeah. Right? So. Xbox ones are terrible. I'll never buy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want the world to know. 
And I want Microsoft especially to know, if I could have gotten commission off of every person I sold an Xbox oh, instead man. of a PS4, I would not be living in a one-bedroom apartment right now. I would be in the Bahamas on the beach <laughs> drinking Mai Tais. And, and you'd be having a lot of Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, I'd have che- I would have Cheesecake Factory money. <laughs> you gotta money. have Cheesecake Factory money. I wouldn't have to go buy a bucket chicken. <laughs> <laughs> just wrapping them all in. But, you know, another thing, like, you know, just talking about open reviews, right? It's that it, they're a disaster everywhere, right? It, it, like we talked about for a second, Yelp, Amazon, like companies pay people to folk to pay to post, sorry, fake oh, product reviews all the astroturfing. time. Astroturfing. Right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? That is what it is called. It is called I didn't know that term. Yeah. Oh, is, well, I mean, think about it. You're laying down fake, right? You know, material. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and, and you see it like sometimes it's even so badly moderated that like the review on a product is actually for another product, which always just makes me just crack up laughing. It's like, wait, that's not what are you reviewing here? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's, that's that, not even the same thing. Spe- speaking of which, uh, just to give a quick shout out here. Um, I don't know if y'all know about this or, or if, if your listeners do, but I find there's a site that is very useful, particularly for uh, Amazon products and, and other major uh, retailers. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a site called fakespot.com. Oh. And what they do is they analyze reviews mm-hmm. on a given product, like you paste the product URL onto their site, and they analyze the reviews for that product and come up with a score to give you that tells you approximately how accurate the reviews for that product are. Right. That's and that's really cool. It's yeah, real that, cool. That's pretty interesting. And they like basically they like correlate the reviews that any given person has made with like other reviews that that person has made to determine like whether that is a real person who has made real product purchases or whether like all of their purchases or all of their reviews are like within a certain category or you know if they make a lot of reviews all at once and then don't so make it's, any other reviews yeah so so the website is basically verifying that this person is actually using these products not just a review that was posted because posted Right, or or not okay. a review that was paid for. Okay, okay. Which, if anybody wants to pay me to review anything, I'll make it. <laughs> I'll be real honest with you. I can find, as much as I'm being told that I'm a pessimist, I can find the loophole to make something happy in anything. Which is why I still love Anthem so much, probably. <laughs> I, I just realized this whole conversation is making me realize there's a lot of really bad games that got really bad reviews that I love and maybe yeah, I just like it's... things to spite other people no because... but I saw one of my favorite memes about Anthem I saw was like these people sitting on a couch playing it and there's, guys, there's like a guy behind them watching it and he's like oh this game this game looks boring oh yeah this game's so lame oh it's EA oh and then like everybody sitting on the couch is super engaged and they're playing the game and then the last slide is just the person being like stop having fun <laughs> i think that's a lot of it right it's just stop you can't like this if i don't like it how dare you yeah that makes sense so that's kind of how i feel uh about anthem especially it's just stop having fun yeah we should be (laughs) spokespeople for ea because we probably give them more money than yeah yeah, yeah. 
solely well, that's, because of Madden. They, yeah, you know, Madden. And, and that that's that all feeds into that entitlement that I was talking about earlier, where yeah. like you know, people feel like, well, I don't like it, and it's not good, so therefore, you know, you can't like it either. And There's it, it, too many only children in this world. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, w- one of the uh, more infamous internet examples is uh, uh, Steven Universe. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the oh, fandom. Man. I, oh, I God, know of fandom. it, but I care nothing for it. It is not a Ben show. It's not a Ben show. The fandom, though. No, the oh. fandom infuriates me oh, to no end because they oh. want to shove it down your throat in more ways than one. No, no. Um, it's it's worse than that. Um, oh yeah. So like lately, I think things have calmed down. But a couple of years yeah. ago, man, it was real bad. Is it and, uh, the same year that you uh, dressed up as Steven at DragonCon? Um, I think maybe it was the year before that. <laughs> okay, like that. that's fair. Um, but yeah, no, I I did dress up as Steven one year. Oh, speaking and, of and you Dragon got harassed. Con, <laughs> speaking of Dragon, a little Con, bit. <laughs> have we seen that the founder of Dragon Con just got arrested for little girl porn? Oh, oh no, dude, that was that was ages ago. Well, well, was it officially? He he's I think he's been released now. Oh, that's and possible. It's, but it's, they it's being reported again. Yeah, it's being brought up again. Basically, like that. Oh dude, right, yeah, I remember that. He he did. He was among the founders of Dragon Con, and he was one of the like like majority shareholders or whatever. Right. And when all this came out and he was arrested or arraigned or something, I don't remember what exactly the deal was. They basically like bought him out and they were like, please get the fuck out. And just separate for, this person as far as we can. From yeah. And for a long time he was, do. he was like, nah, I'm holding yeah. on to these shares. Oh, geez. Uh, but then eventually he was like, all right, fine. Uh, so now, now Dragon Con officially has nothing to do with that guy anymore. Good to know. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, so uh, quickly back to Steven Universe. Yeah, yeah back to Steven Universe, um, sorry. The fans felt such a strong sense of ownership of that property that they literally got so upset at like certain developments or certain uh, lack of certain pairings within the show that they harassed the creator of the show off of Twitter. Oh, I remember this. Yep. And like, really people like just because like, you don't like who got with who or like, Oh man, it just, it, I'm mad about the plot for the show. I didn't create (laughs) for, for real. It's, it, it's, it, it boggles my mind. It it leaves (laughs) me literally speechless. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's that's a that's a good example of a ridiculous fandom because I forgot that happened uh, a little bit ago, right? Where they just just totally ripped into the creator for no good reason. And there's a lot of there's a lot of bad Steven Universe fandom stuff that has gone on. Yeah, so that, which is a shame because the show really is phenomenal. Yeah, it's I... it's a really nice like positive show, and <laughs> so many people I know have been turned away from it just because they they like, you know, creaked the door open of that fandom and then just you know ran away screaming. Yep, because it's just yeah, 
real bad. Uh, there's a lot of things like that, though, too. It's like the fandoms are always sometimes the worst examples of, League of that content. League of Legends. Oh, God. <laughs> League of Legends. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a long time. Solid salt as far as the oh, eye can God. see. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just... <sighs> I remember people being right like afraid to play that game unless they had somebody they knew play with them because you're just gonna get demolished by somebody yeah well you know there, there's all this like like specific language to the game and if you just come in and you don't know all the terms and you don't know exactly what you what role you're supposed to play like god people would just tear you apart I have a very love-hate relationship with, with the League of Legends fandom. I really hate when you get people on there that have no clue what they're doing. But a lot of times people won't tell you, like, hey, I'm new to this game. If you tell me you're new to this game, I'm fine. But if you let me get 15 minutes deep into a game and suddenly because you can't hold your lane and you don't know what you're doing, now you're going to tell me I'm pissed because I've now wasted 15 minutes and probably another 30 because we're not going to be able to lose this quickly. <laughs> Let me know I'm wasting my time now. Um, You're wasting your time. So. Just in general. Yeah, just in general. So there <laughs> is. Uh, I think in conclusion, since we've really gotten super tangenty here, is these review sites definitely need something to help them stay in place uh, for the purpose of. how to say it, for the purpose of making sure that they stay true and that they're actually helping give these ratings and reviews, not just uh, being there. W would you agree with that? Like, we need we need something to guide these user review sites? I, I would say that it depends. Uh... Because once we get to a certain point, so we get into sort of a, I, I, I don't know exactly how to explain this, but we're sort of getting back again to the idea of how much value reviews in and of, them, in and of themselves have. So, you know, how much value does a review from me have, for example, versus a review from you or a review from Andy or a review from, you know, anybody. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily something that can be quantified because it's really hard to kind of understand uh, how, how much any given person's perspective is going to resonate with other people who, you know, are interested in that thing. And it will provide some value for them. So in order to provide any sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, curation, I, I guess you could say, of comments, you kind of fundamentally have to make a decision as to which comments are better than which other comments. And anytime you make that decision, you're kind of enforcing uh, one perspective over another so to speak um and it it's a it's a real problem it's a sticky situation you know like who gets to make that decision 
And again, that's sort of why when you asked me kind of where we should go from there, uh, I said that I, I think we should have multiple, uh, you know, curators, if you will, who, you know, so-and-so person curates for so-and-so things that they like, so-and-so person curates for things that they like, etc. And instead of having these big aggregate sites like, you uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes or uh, Metacritic or whatever, maybe you still have those sites, but you have them broken up into, you know, curated sections that, that a user can then select for themselves. And then they can see the portion of reviews that are applicable to them, you know, or the reviews written by a person who they resonate with or, or something like that. Because I, I do agree with you. I find that just totally free and open reviews really are just not super helpful in a lot of cases and that that goes all the way back to the the start of the internet you know like when the scientists who were developing the internet were were working on it they had what, these what do you mean scientists you mean al gore it's al gore <laughs> invented the internet <laughs> no i i mean the scientists who were working on arpanet um they were you know, when they were working on, on creating this network, they were thinking about how wonderful it would be that everybody could communicate freely and it would usher in a new era of humanity. And, you know, oh, it now, did. The worst era here, of humanity. Yeah. And now, now here we are, like, posting pictures of cats and, and shitting on each other. Uh, metaphorically speaking. And I was about to say, you got to be careful. <laughs> and because in, some, in Germany, well, <laughs> that might mean something else. In some cases, literally, I will I will admit that. Um, yep. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be one of the biggest problems of, of sort of our information age, which is, you know, what do you, what do you do with all this data? Like, how do you separate the noise from the signal? Um, and and what is noise and what is signal you know so that's right it's heavy stuff and it's sadly not something that we'll solve in a podcast <laughs> not at all but we can bitch about it and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's and what that's we're all about the here. whole point i mean we could we could shit on each other too but let's not <laughs> but maybe, maybe not <laughs> maybe not <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh so yes basically we need gatekeepers and you need to take it upon yourself to know where your reviews should come from don't just listen to the internet find your respective right. voice on the internet and maybe they lead you true most of the time yeah um i think that is it in a nutshell for that i uh, definitely want to thank you austin for coming back on and dealing with us once again I hated every minute of it. Thank you. Good. As, as we all did, probably. <laughs> um, we so do we do because we enjoy it. Yeah, we do this because we hate, hate ourselves. We hate. We just hate everything about it. So uh, <laughs> we do have some more episodes lined up for you guys coming up. Um, our our next episode, we're going to try to get a guest that can uh, can help us from this standpoint. But we want to talk about. Um, some of the issues with raising children in this online era and that's going to be our our topic next week um 
Don't forget to check out fakespot.com when you're looking up that new item on Amazon that you absolutely have to have same day delivery on. Make sure that it is that it is okay for the drone package to drop it on your, your doorstep. <laughs> but I will also make sure that's in the show notes so you guys can uh, you know, if you don't listen and remember fakespot.com, it'll be down there for you guys. All right, and then of course you know you can find us on Facebook at Too Young to Be This Old. You can find me on Twitter at Doctor Fumble Zero Seven. Yep, and I'm at Andy Sum Twenty Five. Um, you can find me there on uh, Twitter, and otherwise you can interact with us on our Facebook page as well. Yep. Yep, I and think that... uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. Just my name, Austin Serkin. I think there's probably only one of me. <laughs> awesome. For the sake of the world, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, they make and share. They make and share your name, but let's hope there's only one off. <laughs> thank <laughs> but you. But as always, thank everyone for listening. If there is a, a rate button on your podcast service, please do because it makes it much easier for us to get higher in the listings and lets people know that people are enjoying what they're listening to. And we always like to know that you wait. Wait a minute. Wait, um, whoa, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I got to hop in here. Are you just soliciting user reviews in a podcast about <laughs> user reviews? Damn. No, we're telling them to, if they like us, review us. I don't care if they don't like us. They can do whatever they want. Just know, if I know the person that leaves the bad review, they going to get these hands. <laughs> so, so in other words, what, what we're saying here is don't trust any of the reviews on this podcast. Exactly. Yeah, Because they are made... all probably fake. <laughs> actually, actually, I think I've looked at it. I think we have like two reviews. I think it's me and you both like oh, our man. own podcast. Nice. So we're those people right now? L- listen, <clears throat> yep. listen, y'all are like, rookies at this you gotta get <laughs> you gotta get your parents to rate you you gotta get you gotta get your friends to rate you like come on get with it yeah that's true all right That'd so so austin rate us <laughs> <laughs> hell, hell no boy i don't want to catch those hands <laughs> oh, damn. oh but for all you out there anyone listening Y'all have a great week, and we look forward to talking to you all again next week. All right. Bye.